What is up, Slashers and Survivor Girls? Welcome to another episode of the Creepin' Real Podcast with Meg. And Craig. And this week we are doing the 2004 joint Dawn of the Dead. Yep. Um, yep, the screenplay is based on George Romero's screenplay. Uh, this version was written by James Gunn, directed by Zack Snyder, um, starring Sarah Pauly, Ving Rhames, Mackay Pfeiffer, uh, and Ty Burrell, which was a surprise to me because I haven't seen this movie in so long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ty, Ty Burrell, like, when I first, uh, or after, like, seeing, like, uh, you know, was it the... Modern Family? Modern Family. I always want to see American Family, and I was like, that's not right. I'm thinking of American Dad. But yeah, I know when I saw, uh, you know, Modern Family, and I was just like, oh my god, it's that guy. And I'm like, wait, he was a complete dick. Yeah, and he's a total movie. doofus. So I, I like that, like, he actually can act in, mm-hmm. you know, different lanes. So not just the big goofball. Yeah, or the total buffoon like he was in Incredible Hulk. That, he yeah. Was a, he was a super dark chap in that. Yeah, he was. Um, So this week was Craig's pick. Craig, why'd you pick uh, this movie? Um, Well, this movie... Anytime, like, I think of zombie movies, it's like I always uh, somehow get roped into a discussion about uh, whether or not, you know, you like a slow-moving, lumbering zombie or a, you know, marathon-running, you know, batshit crazy zombie. Fast zombie versus slow zombie, right? Yeah. And with this movie, again, it's like watching the original. The original is, is it, it's a, you know, a classic in its own right. But it, like and it, it does have its its parts, but just the makeup and everything, it's just because you know Romero doing the blue makeup just didn't really hold up and just look kind of you know goofy and sure. again, you have to like really step outside yourself with this movie though, the makeup looks amazing, the you know all the the additional stories that you got within the um, you know, within the movie, not just the four main people that, you know, happen to be in the, in the mall. But, you know, the, I just, this was the first time that I actually got to see the fast moving zombies. Mm-hmm. Um, there is the argument that, you know, in 28 days later, that was when they, you know, the, the zombie, the, the running zombies first appeared. However, they weren't zombies. They were just infected. So this was people actually dying and then, or after being infected, and then coming back, back to life. Um, but so it was, what is your stance on fast versus slow zombie? I actually prefer the fast zombie, just because that is a more terrifying um, aspect. If they were the slow lumbering zombies, um, I actually kind of feel like this group in the movie would have been able to get away a lot easier than than what was actually there. So again, it's just adding that extra bit of a threat is the like for me it, it's better. But like um the one thing that I kind of, you know, draw the line on is when it gets when they just take it that one step way too far like in uh uh World War Z when you had like the ants the, the like yeah, where the, the nice. zombies could like they were running so fast and they could literally like crawl up each other and they look like ants like it's a cool little effect but and like like you really have to take yourself out like because I mean that has to be 
a lot of fucking zombies. You have a hard and, time buying it. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. So with this movie, it it sold it for me just because there was intensity. And, I you know. I kind of feel the same way you do about the in terms of the fast versus slow. Um, I'm not a zombie purist, uh, and actually, generally speaking, I don't do zombie anything. That was never my thing. Um, yeah, you actually had a hard time watching Walking Dead for a long time. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I you did. You kind of bitch for a little bit there, and then after a while, like, all right, this, I'm done. Well, after I started looking at it more as a people story than a zombie story, it started to make more sense, and then it got really repetitious after, like, four or five seasons, and I'm like, all right, this is getting fucking stupid. Like, I'm done. Like, I've already seen this story. Stop telling me the same story. But that was what we were getting, so yeah. it's fine. But that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about the Dawn of the Dead movie. Um, the original Dawn of the Dead movie had come out, I think it was like 1978 or 70, it was 1978. Mm -hmm. Um, and this was one of the remake, one of the remakes that actually did really well and actually got fairly decent in terms of, um, praise, uh, like generally speaking, horror fans tend to shit all over, uh, they tend tend to shit all over remakes I I don't necessarily think it's fair and what's interesting is that like on like IMDB and I believe Rotten Tomatoes like I really try not to look at reviews too much but I mean uh, I mean it got a 7.3 rating on IMDB and I think it was pretty close to that too it's a certified fresh tomato it was a 75% with critics 77% audience score so it's it score. It's not definitely not one of those that most people. You can enjoy. There's enjoyment here. Um, then the the people that don't like it are probably just the neck beards that have to neck, nitpick on everything. Yeah, and I think that's what it is. Is like when the movie came out. Because uh, that's what I remember when a lot of people had a problem with this movie was because because of the running zombies and that 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 seemed to be the argument that came up the most yeah but that's but, a lame-ass argument like that that's all you have is like oh but the zombies are running they shouldn't be running yeah which is glasses up nose like that's kind of silly um it, yeah. it, if you're gonna have a problem with it it shouldn't be because you i mean i guess that you can you're allowed to disagree with some of the choices but i think it was bold of james gunn and Zack snyder to make that choice yeah. because up until yeah, we did have at that point we did have twenty eight days later because I think that came out in two thousand and two, so we kind of had. Yes, you can argue whether or not they the infected in twenty eight days were zombies or not, yeah. whatever. But that's neither here nor there. But we already had a precedent set for a fast moving quote unquote zombie. And I think yeah, and that that's what I was going and with too. Furthermore, if you want to quibble about it. Zombies as portrayed in the movies aren't zombies as they are that as they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. It's a voodoo legend. Like zombies yeah. are people that are buried, they're drugged, they're buried alive, and they're brought back after a certain amount of time, and they basically become the slave of the voodoo practitioner. So Romero zombies aren't even zombies either. No, the, it's a... so you're quibbling about something that yeah. isn't even technically that thing. Yeah, it's silly. and I mean, and with Romero, it's like he just kind of took it that one step further of what's going to be the big shock and awe for. Well, he also this. he also used him because it's an easy allegory yes. to make it uh, to in terms of like you know, a Night of the Living Dead. It, it wasn't it was by accident, but 
you know, is an allegory for racism. Dawn of the Dead was an allegory for consumerism. Day yes. of the Dead was an allegory for the military-industrial complex. Like, there's the complex. So it's like he was using them as more of a metaphor than actual... Yeah. So, like, to, to go and, and quibble about the, that yeah. stuff, it's silly to me. I mean, and, and that's just one of those things. But as far as, like, the movie itself goes... I mean, I even even the original Dawn of the Dead, I really enjoyed just because of seeing that mall aspect mm-hmm. where it's like, OK, well, I mean, and that's another, you know, uh, you know, topic that always comes up. And when you talk about zombies is like, where would you go first? I mean, my thing would be like, oh, Walmart. Just because it's like, well, there's food there, there's guns, there's, I mean, sure. there's, but again, depending on how many people have that same idea, you know, it's it's going to be a, a well, heart and or, I think or that's, go to like a Sam's Club or something like that, right? But. I think that's that's sort of what the this toys with is that it's not necessarily going to be an original idea no. for anybody to to go ahead and and be like, oh. But another, you, you go where there's food and shelter and protection. Yes, and uh, but another thing uh, that that I like that Romero, I you know touched on with the you know commercialism and just there are people, uh, kind of just flocking to the malls for those things and it's like the zombie like where the the little lines where they're like well maybe they're acting on instinct. And, yeah, because they're going towards something familiar. Yes, and that would that was a cool little thing because it's something that you don't really know that what's actually happening in in that zombie brain, and they're acting just on instinct. So yeah, I mean, it, I thought that was just really neat seeing the zombies just kind of you know lumbering around the mall, um, and having this group of people that were you know found a little hidey hole and you know. Just started to survive and, and just wait mm-hmm. for help. Uh, and with this one, they added the element of oh, I, I, didn't, I didn't count how many people were in it, but I mean, they added this giant group. Yeah, there where were, they in the expanded, first movie, they it was expanded four. the group. Yeah, they expanded. <laughs> I think it was probably when, when the two groups came together in the movie, I want to say it ended up being like 10 or 12 people. Yeah. Um, when all was said and done. So, a couple little tidbits about this movie. Um, it had a budget of twenty six million about to work with, and the box office was a, a little over one hundred and two million. Um, and it had come out in the spring of two thousand and four, March nineteenth, two thousand and four. So, considering the time of the year it came out, it, it actually did pretty respectably. And um, getting a hundred million dollar horror movie, at, honestly, any time that's that's a feat in and of itself so it made a fair amount of money like in its box office run never mind the the dvd sales and the streaming and everything else that's gone uh from uh that point forward so i uh i haven't seen this movie in years so i thought it was a fairly good pick and i i mean i obviously wasn't going in cold but i don't think i saw it since a couple years after it came out. So we're looking at like maybe 12 or 13 years since I've seen it last. It's been a long time. Yeah. I mean, this one's a uh, pretty regular for me every, every Halloween when I yeah. do my uh, 31 days of Halloween. It's like, if, if I kind of run out of movies to, this is or, a choice. Or, yeah. Or I kind of use it as my, my, uh, my mulligan. It's like, ah, it's like, I'll just throw this on. And it's like, I don't, I don't feel like thinking of like what I want to watch. Yeah. Throw Dawn of the Dead on. There's, uh, 
naturally, because this is a remake, um, there's a lot of comparisons to the original, uh, just like any of the other, because, you know, in the early 2000s, early and mid-2000s, it came, there was a rash of remakes, and obviously this fell right in that time frame. Um, even though it was pretty well received, there were a ton of comparisons to the original, um, things that Gunn had added, things that Gunn had taken away, um, which actually, sidebar, James Gunn, having written this, surprised me because he's more well-known now for having done Guardians of the Galaxy, and he's now currently working on the latest Suicide Squad movie. Mm -hmm. So he's been doing these big-budget superhero movies, but he did this kind of smallish horror movie for Universal. Even even Zack Snyder, I mean, yeah, he just came off of doing... 300 oh, which was a, which was a, a huge you know movie at the time but it's it, like he's still not like uh like as well known as he is now where it's yeah, like yeah he isn't superman any famous, any yeah. anytime like like it's kind of like um i mean it's like anytime you hear Zack snyder's name you hear the fanboys like oh my god no not another Snyder film. And it's yeah, like, but at this point in 04, it was like, oh, yay, it's a Zack Snyder movie. Yeah. So it's very, very different. Yeah. Um, so the comparisons made to the original, obviously it's the Romero slow zombies versus Snyder's fast zombies. Um, even though Romero wasn't a big fan of the the, the fast-moving zombies, he, he didn't like it at all, as did some of the other fans. But Well, I mean, it's kind of like with uh, Wes Craven... And after you know he kind of didn't get his reins back from you know within you know two through <laughs> for the, yeah. all the entire franchise, you could just see in like any of the like documentaries when they talk about it, he was just like, I don't like that. Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't agree with that. Like he was just automatically like, no, like just nope. Yeah, nope. but George Romero was never smart. Enough. Like, there's a reason why. You know, there's things he could have done to make it his and he never went about doing them and yeah um including like for for example in night of the living dead that immediately went into uh the public what's the word what is the word i'm looking for the public domain public domain because he forgot to yeah uh do well, the copyright i'm kind of surprised that they didn't add add him on as like a producer or something like that like he yeah had, he just he had like a write, producer credit yeah writing credit he got a writing credit movie. and that was it um you mentioned the size of the cast the original dawn of the dead was smaller um, this one was expanded on quite a lot in the beginning. Um, the time, the time frame that was given, uh, the original was several over the course of several months. You're looking at maybe six months. Um, in the remake, um, they put the timeline at approximately one month. Um, that was so they they really condensed down the time frame uh there was like the disease portion of it where the ground zero was a hospital in the 04 version of it um at this point with dawn of the dead when romero had done it it had already spread naturally from what happened in night of the living dead um so i mean th- there was some I liked that Snyder brought back uh, a couple of familiar faces from the original Dawn of the Dead. He had brought back Tom Savini, 
um, who was a biker group. Oh, and that was the other change is uh, instead of the biker group coming in, it was the security guards that were already in the mall Mm -hmm. when our core group had gotten there. Um, But Snyder had brought back Tom Savini. He just put him on as a small little speaky role during one of the news clips as a cop. And Ken Forhey popped up as a preacher man. And, like, anytime that guy just starts talking, it's like, it just lock in. Like It's so hard not I to, because he's got that Ken voice Forty. that, yeah. like, you can't help but pay attention to. And then he delivers the famous line that goes along with when the original had come out. And it was, when there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. Mm-hmm. So, apparently, we've been doing too much yeah. sinning, and the devil's throwing us out. Yeah. So, um... I really enjoyed how, like, the movie starts out with this, like, idyllic suburban background. Like, one of our core characters, she's a nurse, and she's really good at her job. She's got her happy little marriage. She she lives in a little townhouse on a cul-de-sac kind of thing. And it looks like they just kind of plucked a neighborhood up out of Connecticut and plunked it down in this movie. Uh, and then she goes through where... Um, one of the neighborhood girls that we saw the afternoon before pops up. Like, somehow she sneaks into their house, which, shame on them for leaving their doors unlocked. But she well, gets into their house and opens up the little door and attacks her, uh, Anna, our lead's husband. The uh, One thing that I'd like to kind of back up that <clears throat> I always liked with this um, rendition where it's just kind of like they throw in little tiny... Uh, little bites of of things that kind of see what you did there. Yeah, that hint you at certain things. Where like at the hospital, where they're they oh can you go check on this guy? He was bitten. Oh, but now he's having these like these symptoms. So they they just kind of set it up like oh like it's just another day at the office, and then boom. Sure. And then on the way home, she's flipping through the radio station channels, and you can hear a little broadcast about. Uh, about the situation, like oh, there, like there was a wreck or you know something that happened, and then yeah, she just flips a bit it. Of setup. And then yeah, then she flips it, and then same thing, like she goes home. They flip on the TV, and it's a news broadcast, like breaking news. Well, and they then, were watching. A, well, they it. were watching a show, and then they started getting busy in the shower, and then we see just breaking yeah. news, and then it cuts to the next scene. So, but it, it's it sets everything up for what's going to happen. And it's as a viewer, you know what's ha- what's going to happen. But oh, sure. for them, it's they're completely oblivious. And for a lot of those people, it it just comes out on like a freight train. But then, yeah, after that little girl shows up with the jacked up, someone ripped her lips off. Yeah, like you can tell her lips. She, were got, she got bitten. And I was like, that's. It's like mommy went awesome. in for a kiss goodnight. Yeah, so uh, that was really what, cool. What kind of surprised me, and again because I hadn't seen this movie so long, is how quickly everything went to hell. Yeah. It was literally overnight. Like, Anna woke up, Sarah Polly's character, Anna, she woke up the next morning, and it's like, people are running and screaming through the streets. There's fires. There's, like... Oh, my God. There's so much fire. There's so much fire in this movie. You would think that James Cameron had something to do with it. (laughs) With all the fires and explosions. So much fire. He, uh... I, I was just like, would it really happen that fast, though? Like, but... When, as we get further into the movie, we discover, as according to the rules as presented by this movie, that it only takes a matter of a few hours for a bite, if you're just bitten, 
a bite to infect you, take you down, kill you, and then you just reanimate as a zombie within a few minutes of dying. Yeah. Like, it all happens pretty quickly. That, that's if you don't bleed out or, um, you know, or actually, like, you know, so, like, bleeding out seemed to be the, the biggest thing that, like, got someone, out, like, in and out real quick. Like, uh, her uh, husband... Yeah, that arterial spray was something. Yeah. So that was the the kicker was like, so after the little girl, you know, bites her husband in the beginning and then he goes down with the, you know, at the jugular, he gets up like within, I think it's like. It's a couple minutes. Like not even that. It's like 30 seconds. It's like 30, 40 seconds. Like he goes down, she walks, like she freaks out, walks over and all of a sudden he gets up and he's walking around. And looks over and then, like, automatically, like, goes to attack her. Yeah. And that was another thing that... Because it's like, oh, you're right, because it was. It was. She checked for a pulse, there wasn't one, and then boom. Yeah, like, he bled out so quick, and then just boom, boom, boom. But I think what they were trying to do was they wanted to get that chaotic tension already there. Like, so, I mean, that whole scene where, you know, her husband, like, breaks his head through the bathroom door... And then she has to, like, climb out the bathroom window and then goes out and then sees her entire neighborhood that was so nice and sweet just gone to shit. And then, like, her neighbor's pointing a gun at her. And then he gets hit with an ambulance, which is awesome. Like Yeah, it's just chaos. <laughs> and, uh, it, yeah, uh, yeah, because there were other characters that had simply been bitten, like like, bitten on the arm or the leg or something, and then... Yeah. You know, that took several hours or even a couple of days to actually do them in, depending on how badly yeah. the bite happened. But, and, and one thing, too, is that I, when the husband is chasing her, like, when she finally gets in the car and, like, takes off and he's chasing her, and then the neighbors, like, all the neighbors that just happen to just wake up to just, and just walk out and see this, and then they get attacked. It's it's kind of those things where um, when you think about like a zombie survival, those people that are like, oh, I'd survive. I do this. I do this. I do this. It's like, well, what if you just happen to just wake up and walk out your door and run into that? How are you going to survive? That? And that's essentially what happened to Anna, and yeah. she just opened her front door. Yeah, and 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 like a lot of like one of the neighbors, like the, the, her husband, he just saw this neighbor and just beelined for the you know the the low-hanging fruit and just and went for that and then she got like just took off and got away and a lot of that when she just woke up banged her head walks out sees there's literally well, the how, first thing she sees when she opens her eyes is uh, her little you know her 10 year old neighbor uh, taking a big old bite out of her husband like yeah. that that's not i mean you, I'd rather have coffee. A, a lot of times, like, you either, like, oh, like, you're awake or, like, you're, like, no, this is a dream and I'm not, like, it, you, like, that whole, you haven't hit reality yet because of this is something that just mm-hmm. never happens. I mean, she walks out and the house to her left is literally on fire and exploding. Like, there's explosions and car fires and just. Oh, it's nuts. It, it's, it's Armageddon. It's like, it's, it's crazy. Um, another. Did you notice a rash of stupid people in this movie? I was thinking about... I was like, interesting choice, James Gunn, to make half of your cast stupid as fuck. Like, I don't... 
Well, I did enjoy the movie. I really don't like when filmmakers rely on the stupid to get a point across. Because, like, okay, I get it. You're in a panic. You know, there's different things happening, and you may not necessarily be firing on all mental cylinders. But, like, right initially in the beginning when Anna is trying to get away from her husband, like, she shuts the bathroom door, locks him out, and she's struggling to open her bathroom window, and it's locked. Like, open... It's like you didn't think to unlatch your window? Like, it's little stupid shit like that. I'm like, do you have to make your characters dumb? I don't I don't think it's a dumb thing. Like, that's that was the only difference, is I didn't see it being a dumb thing. I saw it as a... That was a situation that was so crazy bananas that she wasn't ready for... And and she just smacked her head up against the you know the tub, so like she trips over the tub and, and smacks her head, and then she, her ten year old I mean like put yourself in that situation. It's like you're gonna get up and try and open something, and and you're just you're struggling with it and you're freaking out because that thing is gonna come through the door at any moment. The thing that I felt was stupid was when the noises stopped, that she stopped, and she walked towards the door and called to the husband. And then he comes, like, bursting through the door at her. Yeah. Yeah, that is what I felt was not a smart thing to do. The The window thing, I can forgive that. But the door thing, where I'm going to go up to it real close, put my face to it, and then... But then they did the the big jump scare where I'm going to put my head through the door. It was a cheap jump scare because they'd already built this tension. Fine. But in movies in general, and obviously horror movies in particular, the dumb girl trope is one that I find it incredibly insulting. Like, it's, it's overused and it's insulting. It's like the girl who falls down, the girl who wears high heels to run in. The girl who, like, or in her, you know, in Anna's case, where she's, like, calling her husband's name when he very clearly was just trying to attack her. Like, little, like I don't, uh, there's a couple of other things. In the, oh, later on in the movie, when Nicole goes after the fucking dog. Yes. That is dumb. What? It's like, I don't like the what, dumb girl trope no, what, in movies. What Anna, like, it's not, what Anna did was not a dumb girl thing. It was a dumb thing to do. She wasn't a dumb girl because she actually survived. It was just the uh, Nicole thing with the dog that put everybody in danger. That's what I'm saying. Like they yeah, use that is that is dumb, and they they, they, they use that as a jumping off point to again further the story along to hurry it up along. But it was one of those like it, you see the dog go and you see her go. She's done. And that and that and, and I, zombie stories, if that happens, that person made their own bed, they're done. Well I'm sorry to say. I like mean that's great and I and they use they use Nicole, Nicole um as the MacGuffin in the end to sort of kick the movie into fifth gear. But I I just it's such a cheap thing to do to do the dumb girl thing. Like there was another way we'd already established prior to that scene that they were low on ammunition. We knew throughout the course of the entire time they were in that mall that the gun and ammo store was across the street. And you just having the dog go over there to deliver Andy food and seeing the zombies go in, like, 
you didn't have to have the dumb girl move to put everyone in danger to get the boys over across to the guns and ammo store. They, they, they needed to leave anyway. They had already set up, hey, we need ammunition anyway. Why did you have to throw the dumb girl trope in there as a MacGuffin to get them moving? All you had to do was have them go, all right, well, Andy's dead. We still need to leave. Let's figure out a way to get across the street to go get the ammunition and the weapons that we need. It was, it was already set up and ready to go. Yeah, Why do you have to throw the, in the unnecessary but it was stupid the, part? It was that intensity of... Of oh we got to do this now and it's like we got to move now because if not okay Andy's gone but dog's that, gone sure that intensity can be there though but you don't have to have the dumb girl going oh my god my dog I was totally on board with Steve the douchebag when he was like she went after the fucking dog I was like let the dog fucking die unnecessary collateral damage sorry about your dog kid like and you're putting your entire yeah. group in danger and for that it? that is the dumb girl. Bitch, your food. You are on fire tonight. I hate that trope so much. But you do, do you, you do realize that they have, I understand, I I figured as much, Meg. Hate it. Stop insulting my intelligence. How much do, how much do you hate it? So much. How much do you hate it? So much. Yeah, you hate it. Yeah, they also do the dumb guy trope as well. It's like it in every horror movie they always it's not either a dumb girl they always do a dumb girl dumb guy like they always go one and the same how many times are there a, is there a stoner guy in a horror movie more how, often than not yeah how many times is there a dumb slutty girl in a horror movie yeah that like they go hand in hand there's always something in this movie you had the security guards you had the guy who is literally talking, like, all right, the world is coming to an end. The dead are rising, and he's thinking about the fat chick at Dairy Queen. That's not putting anyone's life in danger. No, but he put his, but I'm talking about all those guys, just those two guys. The main two guys were sitting there going to throw people out or shoot people just so that they could survive in a mall all by themselves. And instead of actually, like, putting effort and helping like the guy did at the end. He ended up giving his own life, but at the same time, it's like you had a dumb guy. They were putting other people at risk because of their own. Okay. Having, having, I forget his name. No, I'm saying in this movie, but in most horror movies, as you're saying with the MacGuffin, the word that you love to use, well, and I love hearing is, you say it, because it's a MacGuffin. <laughs> it's, it's like, I need to have like a blueberry MacGuffin. <laughs> so, but that's what I'm saying is like, in every movie, you have a dumb guy and a dumb girl. They are used to forward the story along so that your heroes look really awesome. How awesome was being Rames in this movie? Yeah, but he he was awesome from the second he stepped on screen because he's it's being Rames. But I mean, like and all like everyone like in this movie, other than the douchebag uh, that owned the boat. Oh, Steve Tyrell's character. Yeah, Steve like Steve the douchebag. You had the uh, slutty chick um, that that showed up with the group, uh, or you know, like later on, it was like uh, that came in the big van. And then, like, you had the, the asshole security guards. So, right there, it's like, yeah, they may not be dumb, but they really are on the complete opposite end of that agenda. 
Like they are only out to serve to save themselves when everybody else is trying to save everybody in the group. Like that's there's it's you're hindering the survival by doing what you're doing. I don't really I don't necessarily think so because I think what I don't necessarily agree with CJ and his the security guards tactics because they're like we're going to lock you in a room at least in the beginning they weren't as willing to play ball with the group coming in but having that survival instinct where it's like we can't play by the same rules 24 hours ago when life was still civilized like I was always team Shane in the walking dead because he fucking got it I couldn't wait for Dale to die because he was pain in the ass and he was a ball and chain like you can't treat these situations the same as if it was like a regular Monday in the neighborhood. Like you are in survival mode. Is it every man for himself? Not necessarily, but if you've already got an established group of people you know and trust, why on and like bringing other people in just like for the hell of it? Like two there was a girl that was brought in that was bit Makai, Luda, um, Andre Makai Pfeiffer's character, his girlfriend, was bit, and he hid it from everybody. Because when Anna discovered, oh, a bite, if a bite, if you get bitten, you get infected, and then it just takes longer for you to die and reanimate, he goes, oh shit, I'm just going to tie my pregnant girlfriend to the bit. Like, he endangered the entire group. So where, oh, C- yeah. where CJ and the security guards were, where they stood... And their point of view, they were 100% in the right because of assholes like Andre who are just like, they're more than willing to put the welfare of the group in danger because they're selfish. Like, I totally get where CJ was coming from where he's like, we're going to have to quarantine you guys off till we figure out what the fuck is going on and we're not going to play nice. Eventually he played nice. But no, you, eventually he didn't play nice. Eventually he got his shit taken away from him, and then he got thrown in a cell, and then he had to play nice because he didn't have the guns. He didn't have the he was he didn't, wasn't in control anymore. So it's like but he, he also he had could no, have just but he could he had, have been like fuck you guys I'll figure my own way out like he had to play ball eventually, and then he became and then begrudgingly or not he still became a part of the team. Yeah. But this like whole idea that and it's frustrating to see characters in these zombie or survival movies that are just like they very clearly are like okay this person's been bitten they've become infected and we know what happens when this person becomes bitten and infected and yeah I can't begin to imagine what I'd be like if I was in a similar situation where it's like hey my mom was bitten now I gotta put a bullet in her head because she's gonna turn it's like you you can't behave that way anymore you have to figure out a way to get over it because that you're not gonna survive otherwise yeah it's and and most and like in this this day and age because if zombies happen tomorrow let's say there's gonna be those people that aren't going to believe it and they're going to you know fall into that suit of I can't I can't shoot them they're they're family and a lot of people have that big sentimental you know connection it's one of those things where it's like if one of my family members was bit and turned like that's it 
they're done. Like I gotta, I gotta end it for them because that's they're not your family anymore. They're, not, they're dead. Yeah, exactly. And, and 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 yes, and I have to you know survive myself. And you know because most of the time you know, like, they'll probably attack you. Because that's not to say that something like that's not going to be a difficult choice. Like I can understand how it could be overwhelmingly painful to have to do that. But if you're going to kind of, like, Mr. Spock this whole thing where it's, like, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, like, you can't, like, you can't be like, my girlfriend was, my partner girlfriend was bit, I gotta tie her up, and then hide it from fucking everybody, putting the entire group in danger. Well, no, he was more, I mean, yes, uh, Andre did the whole thing of, of tying his girlfriend up, but he was also trying to get his... His main focus, I think, was was the baby. Like he wanted the baby, and and because like he gave that that uh, you know little, uh, like he he had that conversation with Kenneth, the uh, the the being Rames character in the bathroom about how he wants to give that child everything that he couldn't have. Like he wants that second chance. He like so that baby was like his end all be all. You know, like his his, you know his motivation. Yeah, yeah. That that was his motivation to get things, uh, back on track for his own life, and you know to get that baby out was the big, the the big to do. So I think that's what it was. With I think he knew what was going to end up happening with with his wife or or girlfriend or wherever she was with Luda. Yeah, with Luda. But um, I think it was more of like. Let me get the baby out and see what happens. Then it turns out, well, the baby's a zombie, which is kind of a okay. Like, well, if you think about it, it does make sense. It because everything passes through the placenta and the umbilical cord. So mom gets bit, mom gets infected, mom dies, turns, mom dies, baby dies, baby dies. So yeah. at that point, the infection had already spread to the baby. So by the rules as they are laid out for us in this movie, yeah. it does make sense that the baby would come back as a yeah, zombie. But, but I've seen it the first time. I'm like, oh, really? Like, <laughs> come on. Was that a scene in the original? I haven't seen no. in the Okay. No, the original, there was only four. Uh, like I said, there was only four, uh, maybe five uh, people that were actually in the mall. And... Yeah, none none of that happened whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, no one got pregnant. Okay, there was no one pregnant in that one. No. Because it's been a long time since I've seen that one too. Um, but I think when most people think of the this version of the movie, they think of that pregnancy scene and they think of the zombie baby. Like, it's just one of those things like the dick and sleepaway camp that or, uh, you know, the big reveal at the end of Friday the 13th that just sticks with you. Yeah, <laughs> and you're like that well, when everyone when someone go when someone mentions the movie, you're just like, oh yeah, it's the one with that thing that happened, and that's exactly what happens. It's like, oh, I, the Dawn of the Dead remake. Oh, the one with the zombie baby. Yeah, forever the, known. The one thing that I always uh, that in in that aspect of like, oh, if you had to say that like, uh, you know, Dawn of the Dead, and it's like the first thing that comes to mind for for me, it's the uh, the bloated woman. Ooh, yeah. When she comes in and she's on the, you know, in the wheelbarrow and it's just like, I had the image of the, uh. That was hard to watch though. The old, the old, uh, the old hag from Evil Dead 2. Um, do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, 
when I saw her, that's what I that always comes to mind as the evil hag. Um, the only thing that she didn't do in you know Dawn of the Dead was say I'll swallow your soul, I'll swallow your soul. But um, but yeah, no, it's like it's just because seeing something that big and like when she ran at uh, you know at, at at the nurse, like I mean you it, it felt heavy. Like it actually I mean, it was terrifying. It, it, yeah, it was. It was. I mean, it was kind of like, oh, you could see it coming because one, as the audience member, you know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But two, it's just like when she got up and just started hauling ass. I don't think that woman's ever ran that fast in her life when she was living. So to see her like just uh, she booked it, and and so that was a, a something that that it, stood out too was that. When you're a zombie, it's like all your motor and muscle, like just your the muscle memory of what, like didn't matter that they were like seriously overweight or whatever. It's like they their body was just going, mm-hmm. and it was just a, a this and once they turned, how fast it like it went from like zero to hundred and fifty, and so it was fast. just like boom, I'm awake and I'm gonna kill. Like, just that, I don't know of any other animal or creature in history that comes out and it's just like, boom, I'm going to kill. Baby, baby sharks. Baby sharks are kind of like that. No, I'm, I'm saying, like, from, like, the moment when it comes, like, I mean, unless a fish happens to be swimming immediately right in front of them. And they're no, just ba- like, baby oh. sharks are programmed to immediately be on the hunt. Like, oh, okay. they come out of the womb. Yeah. And they're immediately on the hunt. But these aren't baby sharks. These used to be people. Uh, and... I got to give credit to the makeup team for this movie as well because um it looked gross. She the that bloated woman in particular was really grotesque. Uh the bites were 100% believable. Um the all of it just there was just so much blood and the way that um like the bloated woman for example, the way she was made up where you could see it looked like there was a staph infection type of thing spreading because it was everything was um, purple and puffy and pussy and it looked gangrenous and you could follow the trail of the infection as it was like you know purple uh, purple veins going up her arm and those sorts of things it was gross uh, the same thing with Luda when she was pregnant uh, or um, in that scene where we get the zombie baby she. Um, uh, it was the same kind of thing with her. Like they have the deep purple circles under her eyes, and she was very sweaty. Ving Rhames was sweaty through that whole movie too, by the way. Well, I don't think they were doing so too much, too so much, much showering. No, I imagine, I mean, but but they did live in a mall, and they probably did a bit. But it was just um, the I, I give the makeup team they kind of they really did make that movie, and then all of the close up zombies, the um, the way that. They would be especially the close-ups in camera, like the teeth were gross and everything was purple or and like gangrene to the point where yeah. it looked like it was gonna fall off. And then uh, that one scene where uh, Andy is on the roof and he and Ving Rhames are playing the sniper game, and uh, the you know you see Andy who he must have been a sharpshooter in the army or something, but he was picking off these zombies who one who looked like Jay Leno, another one who kind of looked like Burt Reynolds. But the flap of skin and hair, as he took out like the back of their heads, were just ping, 
even like it flew off. It was so gross. Yeah. And it looked so good. Yeah. So, so good. Well, and um, that was one of my favorite things about the movie was was Andy. Um, like, just the story of yep. the man that was on an island. And uh, just the, the relationship and the friendship that him and Kenneth... Uh, you know, started to yeah, long do, distance too. Yeah. They were just they were doing it white with whiteboards and silly little yeah. games. So I mean, like, and, but it was it was so heartwarming, but at the same time, just heartbreaking every single time because it's like oh, one of it, these guys isn't gonna make it. Yeah, and it's like uh, there's the one scene where uh, Kenneth hold a, held up the sign saying you know five more days. Like they were setting up the uh, the. Um, trucks downstairs mm-hmm. they were uh, reinforcing them and getting them ready to uh to go and so they held up a sign saying five more days and he just held up a sign that just said hungry and he just looked just a wreck like you could tell like he was starving and just having a hard time and then that's when they got the idea of uh sending uh the dog over and is sending him with food and yeah, he had that the, just kind of yeah the that's the one the one makeup effect that kind of doesn't translate well onto blu-ray was um Andy's skinny guy makeup because in that scene where he was telling he held a whiteboard sign telling Kenneth he was hungry mm-hmm. like you could see where they painted on his ribs it was really obvious like it was the one sort of makeup effect where i was like and it didn't translate well. I don't know. Like, it, that that one held up for me. But, like, uh, the thing that was heartbreaking was just that whole uh, bit where it's like, oh, man, those bastards bite hard. I'm like, Dah. I mean, I, it's, a little part of it was like, okay, a little lazy writing. It's kind of no, like, you know, but, but it... Ving Rhames sold it with his face. Like, you could see, yeah. like, his face just sort of fall... And he was kind of just trying to be like, all right, buddy, we're going to come get you. Yeah. Keep your spirits up. And he, but the whole time on his face is written like, oh, fuck, he's yeah. dead. And he was really, you could tell he was disappointed. And he was really sad by it. Like his long, you know, they didn't actually speak yeah. to each other, well, but his well, buddy didn't make it. Yeah. It wasn't even just, it, you know, Kenneth. It was everybody. Everyone knew that was like, ah, oh, shit. Like there goes our, our gunman. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was just the... But it that was a I whole... I think it hit Kenneth a little bit harder just because they were sort of developing the... Yeah. This relationship. And it was the one because Kenneth was so harsh and just uh, very negative towards the group. Like, he was like, I don't give a shit about anybody in this group. Everyone can just piss off and then turn around and Andy is his buddy. And... Mm-hmm. He can actually connect with him in some weird way, and it, well, I think part of it yeah. too is because it when we meet Kenneth at the beginning of the movie, his brother he's looking for his brother. His brother is in one of uh, I forget what the place was, but he was in a place where it was deemed like a sanctuary space. And then when the secondary group comes in uh, to the mall after. Um, Kenneth's core group gets there. We've already met the security guards. There's that third group that we meet that comes in, and they say that particular sanctuary doesn't exist. It was breached, and everybody's dead inside. That's, I think, once Kenneth kind of reconciled that, he was able to come around more to be like, okay, well, my brother's dead. I I now have to make it work with these people. 
because his whole goal prior to that was like, I got to get out. I got to find my brother. And then he's like, great. Well, now I have nothing left on the outside. I have to figure out how to make this work. And he, he did, which is great because he was a cop and he had all of the skills to make sure that, you know, he could get everybody up to protect them and those sorts of things. He knew how to handle a gun and all this other stuff. So, um, Plus, he was, you know, he was big, strong, intimidating alpha male type. So, for him to finally come around and be like, all right, all right, you win. I guess I'm on your side. Let's figure this thing out. What The, the group was better off for it. Yeah. Um, the real tension, like, the beginning of, I felt like this movie was kind of in two parts. Um, the first part of the movie was definitely more heavily on the people side of it where the people were the threat and the zombies were sort of a secondary thing because we didn't really interact with the zombies a whole lot but then the tension kicked in a little bit more than halfway through the movie and then you're holding your breath for that last like 40 minutes throughout the whole thing there was no break in the tension there was no um there was no stops to take a breath, nothing. Like, it was balls to the wall from... What was the point? I wrote, I have it in my notes here. Pretty much from... It was from the point where um, we get the call with Andy saying these guys bite hard forward. So I want to say it was like the last maybe 40-ish minutes of the movie. Because after that, we get Nicole going after Chips the dog. And then the guys have to go after Nicole. They have to go get ammo and go through the horde of zombies. And it's pretty much nonstop at that point the whole way well, through. Well, I mean, in almost every Romero-style movie, that is the the kind of uh, flow. Um, in, like, Night of the Living Dead, uh, you get... Uh, Barbara and her brother and then the zombie attacks and then she's running for her life and then finds the farmhouse and once she's in the farmhouse then she ends up you know everyone starts to kind of come together but you're dealing with um, really everyone that's actually in isolated within this house you have Ben that's trying to you know, keep everyone alive and keep everyone going. Mm -hmm. And then you get like the, you know, some of the, the one asshole that, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to go stay in the basement. Like, you know, you can't, you can't stop me, blah, blah, blah. And then, um, you know, same thing with, you know, uh, well in Dawn of the Dead, it was more of the four people mm -hmm. surviving for the, the six months and just, their life within this mall riddled with zombies. Day of the Dead, I actually, is actually my favorite of the dead movies just because it was that. It was very much a, we're fighting the living. The dead are around us, but we're, it's, it's more of a, they're, the living are fighting against the living and it makes for more of a tense story. So with this, where you're getting a lot of the, uh, just a lot of the the big clashing of, of personalities that show up. I mean, you first start off with, you know, one girl who ends up meeting a black guy, which is a Night of the Living Dead, like Dawn of the Dead, like 
white girl, black meets a black guy, black guy is the big big hero. Sounds like the start of a porno. It it certainly <laughs> does if you want to take it that direction, Meg. Um, it's good for a giggle. It, anyways, but like, uh, but then it it morphed into, so she found. She found found the hero, and then he ended up running into, uh, you know, three other people, and then they ended up going into the mall finding three other people, and it was just this whole th- like so as you're adding on and adding on and adding on, yeah, you're adding in all these characters that you have. Oh, and then on top of that, they they found what almost nine other people in the truck. There was three three in the truck, and then six in the back. Is what it was, or, I think it was or eight? eight. So yeah, because there was two, two in the cab, two in the cab, two in the cab. Yeah. So they had all those. So they had eight additional people. So in that, that's where I was like, this cast was huge. That's fifteen people at one point. Yeah. So you're getting, and, and that's just that. Like, I mean, they get picked off pretty quickly after that. Yeah. But. but that's where it's like you get these different personalities, and it does become people story because, yeah, they're fifteen people living within a mall. While zombies are around them, and then once Nicole goes after the dog, then it's just like, no, we got to leave them all to go and save her ass and get all the guns and get all, like so it just it it escalates. Yeah, that was their the entire second, plan. That's the secondary all hell breaks loose moment. Yeah, and that's and because if if Nicole didn't go after the dog, they probably could have been there for another couple months. Maybe. And that and that was that would have been a thing for a story where it's like, oh, dog's gone, Andy's gone. How are we gonna get over there? And it's like, okay, well, let's figure out what we could do. They probably could have found some more, you know, propane tanks and you know some other places. I mean, I so I badly want to blame Nicole for that whole bit. Oh, but oh no, you you can you don't have to bad you can blame her because well, she did that. Yeah, no, I want to blame her for all the shit coming unglued, but. You know, despite my rant about stupid, the stupid female trope in horror movies earlier, the I can't because they were going to have to go over there anyway. She just sort of put a little bit of gasoline on it, and it accelerated the process a little bit. She further exacerbated than what it the whole the whole situation. So, naturally, this is a zombie movie, and one of the best things about zombie movies, or most horror movies, is how do things die. Yeah, things go squish and splat and slice, and it's good. It's fun. Fills me with joy. So much joy. (laughs) Do you have a favorite uh, zombie kill? Um, I mean, there were. Or can you narrow it down to maybe one or two? Well, I mean, there was definitely some uh, some really well done. you know, special effects and just uh, some of the different things that maybe not the zombie kill itself, but uh, and this is going for how zombies kill the other people too. Okay. So I mean, like, like it's just uh, let's roll it around to the death scenes. Okay. So if it's a person that died, like because got... homeboy that got hit by the ambulance, because that looked pretty well like not CGI, like it looked real enough. To where you were like, ooh, yeah, I was like, eesh, yeah. So I mean, they're like stuff like that. But uh, one of my one of the ones that stands out for me is um, so when the group goes down, uh, the power goes out, 
and they have to go and hit the backup generator down in um, it's like the parking garage uh, area. Mm-hmm. So they're walking around, and that's when they first find Chip the dog. Well, the you know idiot redneck uh, security guard that's down there, Bart. Bart. He uh, <laughs> he's you know kind of got his back turned. But just over one of the vans, there is a zombie that's walking on his like what looks like to be walking on his hands because he's missing his legs. So he's quiet enough to sneak up behind him and then jump down on him like a little spider monkey and then bite him on the neck and then you know they end up uh, off and everybody yeah you know in that that area. But it was just the whole thing of like. Oh, I'm just just crawl, 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 and and on top of something, and it was quiet. There was no grunting or snarling sounds. It was just uh, tick, 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 yeah. and then boom, and then like just uh, just dive right on it like a spider monkey. Yeah, that was pretty. Gruesome. So that that was pretty neat. Um, uh, probably one of my favorites was actually Andy's death scene because. He's scrabbling at the door. We have zombie Andy scrabbling at the door trying to get at Nicole on the other side. And uh, the boys come in and Bing Rames is leading with his gigantic shotgun. And uh, I forget the other guy's name. What was his name? Um, the blonde sort of English oh, dude. Oh, Best Buy? Yeah, Best Buy guy. What was his name? Hang on. Oh, I'm going to look it up real quick because it's going to bug no, me. No, it's going to strike me. But anyway, he, uh, where are we? Yeah, it was, uh, oh, it was, um, yeah, it was Michael, uh, Jake Weber's character. He, uh, Michael comes in and he's gonna, he's moving like he's gonna shoot Andy and Kenneth says, uh, no, don't let me do it. And when he goes and he gets Andy's attention and Andy starts coming after the group, and then he just squeezes that trigger and blam, the entire top half of Andy's head goes splody. <laughs> it just it goes bye bye. And like, all that's is... left is like the entire from the man from like where the mandible is up is air now. And then from like that joint down, the body just crumples to the floor. But there's just bits top like the top half of the skull bits are just everywhere. And seeing that scene was... Just, my first reaction was like, oh, God! It was so gross. Yeah, you, you kind of... You had a, an, an oh, shit moment. The other one that kind of grossed me out was uh, actually during the end credits. The end credits of this movie were super clever. I love the way that that whole thing was cut together. Because you would get... Um, you would get like a panel of the credits and then it would cut back to like a couple seconds of video and it would just splice back and forth between that. And there was one where our intrepid heroes get away on the boat. They're going out uh, onto a lake. They're trying to find a small island where maybe there weren't a whole lot of people and maybe the virus hasn't gotten there on like one of the Great Lakes. They're uh, in Wisconsin. I can't remember which Great Lake is closest. But anyway, they um, so they're going out. They're doing this. They find a little, like, rowboat or fishing boat that's kind of just floating there with nobody in it. And there's a cooler on the boat. And they open the cooler up, and there is sort of, like, a gelatinous mass with a head inside of the boat. 
and it's this goopy zombie in this cooler and it's hissing at them and drooling and it the makeup effect is amazing it's just disgusting and they just they have to put a bullet in it because it was like fuck this is awful yeah. i was like Ugh. yeah and uh like, i mean i the the way that they actually did the credits with the it almost looked like the blood smearing like like kind of being wiped away yeah. like that that was a really cool effect and then with the uh the handy cam and they're just kind of doing like real quick cuts of it still kind of giving you the story of what is happening to him, but in like real quick, brief little flashes. Well, it kind of starts out neat. funny because the way that the mo- the movie itself ends, you it ends on sort of a hopeful note. You're like, okay, they're getting away, their plan worked out. You know, whatever's left of the group, they start drifting away, and then as they're cutting through and splicing with the credits, there was a couple scenes of uh, Ty Burrell's character Steve just being like super captain douche. With, like, a girl, and you see, like, a quick flash of boobies and stuff like that. And uh, then there's one scene, like, you see Anna, and she's asking uh, Terry, like, where'd you get the camera? And he's like, oh, I found it at Steve's. Mm-hmm. So that's when, but that's when the tonality of it starts to shift. So it goes from being kind of hopeful, and then it's a little bit funny because you get Steve being a douche. And then it slowly starts to devolve back into just the chaotic yeah and back into chaos because they find that fishing boat with the body in the cooler and then they realize there's really they run out of fuel the engine catches fire like it's just one terrible thing happening to them after Mm -hmm. the other finally they get to one of the islands covered in zombies yeah well and and you don't know how long they were actually out on that boat either yeah so that that was like because it was like oh like for him to have like a brand new boat and then it's like oh they're engine catches fire and it's like it's like well how long were you out there you know and what kind of you know food rations did you have i mean they could have been out there for i mean there was maggots on the food and stuff like that and it's just like every scene you you cut back to it was getting more and more i mean the movie itself is bleak like the tone is dark from almost from right when the cold open ends and that dawn of the dead card goes up all the way through to the end it's yeah. It's bleak. There's no comic relief, really. There's no nothing. Well, no, and, and I mean, you get the Steve's character. I mean, there are some comic relief moments out of it, but it was because it's like the the douches had to bring out that comedy because douches got nobody. Douche. Yeah, nobody else was, and um, you know, or being like a complete smartass. But uh, one of my uh, other favorites that stood out was when it kind of surprised me was uh that they didn't think of this was they made the uh big armored vehicles yeah and they show off they kind of set up for what's going to happen during the movie or later on and uh so they're showing the chainsaws oh yeah and they're like oh we made this little tiny Slot where you could put the the blade of the chainsaw in and just mow them down and go through. Well, Steve picks up the chainsaw, sticks it in, and just starts cutting off legs and anything that... Oh, yeah, all the zombies that are dangling off the side of that truck. One, that was fantastic. But then two, like blood is just going into Steve's face, and I'm like... Did they not think to put up like a splash guard or, you know, or something just to, because it's like, they don't even know. It's like if 
you know, the zombie blood, if you happen to get it, you know, on a cut or a scraper, you know, something, it's like, if is it going to affect you? Right. It's a contagion. So it's like Steve could have been infected from that, that moment on. And then on top of that, too, where, and it was another one where you jumped, and I, like, I think you forgot all about it, was, so the, um, the, um, the, the gay, uh, Piano man, or oh, yeah, organ player. The, the organ player from he, the church. Yeah, he picks up the 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 chainsaw, and he's revving it up, and he's about to get in there and and start doing the the, the same thing. But oh, they're yeah. they're they're driving like a bat out of hell, and so they're they're you know that was another moment banking for you know left and right and stuff, and he's just like you know slamming into the side of the thing, and then turns around and then catches the blonde uh, right Cuts in the her shoulder, right in half. Yeah, and then ends up, uh, he ends up uh, in the, like, they end up wrecking, and then he ends up dying in the wreck, and it's just like, <laughs> really? That was just another thing where it's like, okay, well, we don't need these two characters anymore. Let's just, you know, yeah. off them in the, in the, in the, in the horrible, horrible way. Yeah, it was so. pretty bad. The That was another one where I was like, did you have to go with the stupid like, this guy's revving up the chainsaw and the blonde is screaming at Kenneth, drive faster, drive faster. Yeah, it, it was a setup for And I was like, well, I mean, what could possibly go wrong? Yeah. I mean, really. But another one that was a really satisfying death was Steve's. Um, because early in the movie, he tells uh, uh, the blonde, uh, Susan, right? I think it's the nurse. The nurse named Anna. Anna. Yeah. Why do I keep wanting to call her Susan? Mm. Anyways. Anna, uh, you know, he tells Anna that, oh, well, if I turn into one of those things, you could shoot me in the head. And she's like, oh, believe me, I will. And so later on, he ends up, uh, he's, he, after the, you know, bus wrecks over, he climbs out the, you know, climbs out. Yeah. And he's got a gun and all of a sudden he gets these drops of blood on his hand and then he looks up and it's a zombie and he just, you know, snarls and drops he screams like a little girl, and then obviously you know that he he just got got. Yeah. And then um and then turned around and, and again it was very fast, uh for. Yeah, I, I think it was only a few minutes between. If that. Between yeah. uh him getting bit and then the other the the group in the other bus coming over to check and see what happened. It was only a couple of minutes, and so he got he got ripped up died and then woke back up probably within like two or three minutes like it happened very yeah. fast which is weird because it takes seven minutes for the brain to die but whatever yeah so that's why i was like i wonder like I, wonder, like I mean it's one of those like okay well you know you can kind of imagine what may have happened but he didn't look ripped up he didn't look um it's like yeah i mean he got he got bitten and then yeah. I mean, he turned really quick, and but it was just very you know satisfying seeing you know Anna just nope nope I got him and then pop yeah. and yeah you know, just kind of round out the, you know booking that whole thing yeah but, um, and then like a uh, one of the other deaths that was very um, kind of like oh like oh that's such a bummer that that happened was so the guys are coming back through the uh, sewer um, from Andy's. And they're trying to make it back to the mall. Um, so everyone goes down and the, uh, I forget the the um, security guard with the uh, mustache. Um, 
I forget his name. I don't remember his name either, but he's kind of rednecky. Yeah. So the well, he's the he's the only security guard left, really, or the ass out of the assholes. So um, the security guard, he's one of the last ones, or he's in, and he's trying to get everyone in. And early on in the movie, I believe his name is Dale. Uh, he was another redneck uh, that came in on the bus. He had an injured leg, uh, or it was like a sprained ankle or something. So he was trying to climb down the ladder, and he ended up falling and uh, really busted his leg. Yeah, so, uh, that was really sad. The security guard had to drag him while they're you know doing the you know double barrel gun you know firing trying to get you know get away from all these zombies. A for effort. And then the zombies just jumped on him took him and he's just screaming just shoot me shoot me shoot me and then you just you hear the pop and then yep and then the walk away i was like that's really hard yeah because it was just such a like he was in the middle of screaming shoot me and all of a sudden just silent and it was just like that's that's rough one thing i kind of found interesting about this movie is there was a lot of um I mean, there was a f- shitload of effects, and we didn't watch the director's cut. We watched the theatrical cut, but a lot of, a lot of the, uh, not the effects, but a lot of the um, situations ended up being off screen. Like there was a couple of them. It's like you watched someone get shot in the head. You saw the blood spurt out from between Luda's legs after she had died and the baby was about to be birthed and stuff like that. But there was a lot of things that happened, like, where it was implied. I'm trying to think of, like... Like, you didn't didn't see Andy get bit up. Like, you just heard him over the walkie saying, like, I've been bit. Yeah. Which I think was used to build attention. Uh, What was a couple of the other ones? What was... um, I I already forgot his name. The Best Buy. Um, Oh, Michael. Yes. Michael, at the end, because he says, oh, I got bit back in the, you know, in the little skirmish. And, And so at the end, like, they're on... You know, the rest of the group's on the boat, he stays on the dock, and then he ends up offing himself, but it's like, all you hear is the gunshot, you don't see anything. I think that there there wasn't too many times where they, or it was like, um, Nicole's dad, he was bitten when he was brought in. He was shot off screen, too. And then shot off screen. Like, Like you heard the gun go off, but that was it. In a way, I kind of feel like that's a little bit more of a... Uh, emotional tie for the audience member because it's like you're having to use your own imagination in order to... I was thinking that too and I think it has more of an emotional resonance because those were characters you were actually sympathetic towards. Yeah. Like you were sympathetic towards Michael because he wanted to... He's like, you know, they had that whole scene in the food court where they're eating dinner and Anna is like, oh, what was one thing you were really bad at? And he's like, being a husband. What was one thing you were really good at? Being a dad. And you could kind of just tell that Michael was, like, even being good at being a dad didn't help because, you know, my kids are dead. And, like, he had just had that look about him where it was just, like, he was disappointed in his own life. And he kind of felt mm-hmm. like he, he, you know, he failed at a bunch. You know, he was an adult man working at Best Buy. Uh, so I think you kind of have these emotional ties where you watch him grow and become the hero or one of the heroes and then at the end of it, he's like, I've got a bit. I've got to say goodbye. And you watch this love affair sort of blossom between him and Anna. And then you hear the gun go off screen. And I think it, I think it kicks you in the gut harder 
doing that than it would if you actually watched it happen. Yeah, and I mean, there's a whole bunch of uh, times where they did show something. I mean, they showed with uh, Andre after um, the baby is born. They still, uh, I forget, I want to say her name is Norma. She was the older, uh, the truck truck driver. She comes in to check on them just to see if they need anything. And she sees all the lights out and she sees, you know, her lights flickering. And it just looks just like this, you know, uh, haunted house style thing. And then she sees, you know, the you know, the wife tied up to the bed and all of a sudden Andre's holding this bloody blanket and she's just kind of in shock as to what's happening. But then she realizes that the wife is a zombie and she has a, a, a freak out moment of like, I mean, based off of that whole thing of, of the survival, it's, Oh, it's a zombie. We have to shoot it. And, yep. and then, but Andre does that whole thing of like, Oh, you're going to kill my family. Andre and then was, mm. he he lost it. It was a uh, he, he lo- snapped at that point. Yeah, he he was already done, and he was just going to kill anybody that was that that crossed him the wrong way. And so it, it it sucked for for Nora because she just happened to be there. If if Aunt, if Anna was there, it would have been Anna because she would have done the same thing. It was wrong place, wrong time for sure. Yeah, um, but but they they did show the gunfight essentially. Um, every, every, everybody died. Like it was, well, I thought like, I mean, Andre very clearly, he, he came unhinged and you know, he just watched his love die. He realized this is my baby and he's lost his baby. Like his baby is clearly not alive, uh, nor human anymore. And like, so there was a whole thing that went along with it. And, uh, the baby was another one where you saw where that death happened. It, like it cuts and the death happens. Yeah. You don't actually watch the baby get shot. Yeah. Which thankfully, you know, cause as a mother that would that have was destroyed pretty rough. me. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's such an interesting thing where it's like a movie that is supposed to be very bloody and gory and they showed all these, you know, the different, like there, Oh, one of the, the zombies that was really awesome was, uh, right at the beginning when the truck, uh, first pulls up at, to the mall and they're like, oh, we got to figure out how to get them out. Um, uh, Mike and Andre open up the door to let them all in. And there's that one uh, Asian zombie that's running towards them. And he's got one arm off. Like he's or he's missing an arm. But you can see all the, you know, the tendons and. Oh, the sinew's still there. Yeah. Yeah. Every like you could see a little bit of the bone. And so gross. Like it was and it was just running, running at him. And you could just see it all dangling there. So for something that, I mean, like, they weren't afraid of being gory, but it was such uh, an interesting thing to do where a lot of the kill scenes that you saw were off off screen. And it's a... It was about 50-50 from what I could tell. Yeah. And the ones that were going to make the biggest emotional impact were the ones you didn't actually see. Yeah. Ironically enough. So I mean, it's it. I do like those movies where, in a way, they allow the audience member to kind of, you know, put their own spin on it or use their imagination. Um, but st- 
still giving them like okay yeah this is what happened um like the one one thing that i always hated about uh hp lovecraft when i used to read some of his books was that the monster was so hideous it was uh just this grotesque mask it's it's impossible to describe yeah, yeah i couldn't describe it you bitch! You better describe it. Yeah. I paid for this book. Well, give it a whirl, Lovecraft. <laughs> like, come on, give like, it a whirl. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's it's so horrible, horrible. It, I can't describe it. Come I love on. That. That's why I could never read Lovecraft stuff. And people, I know people that love his work, but it's just like it. It, it was so hideous. I dare not mention it. It's, and it's great. Just like, excuse me, lazy. Yeah, there are some, but like, and there stuff like that where it's. Um, and we we spoke about this in a couple episodes ago, where um, you know with Jaws, where the sh- the only reason that they didn't put the shark in the movie early on was because the whole damn thing just didn't work, and so that you had to use your own imagination for. Uh, I mean, they kind of gave you a little bit, but it's like, oh no, there's a shark under there, and I have to imagine a shark biting somebody and but we were given we were given the tools to fill in the gaps in this dawn of the dead movie because we already had other kills and we already saw some gun deaths and those sorts of things so it's like our brain could fill in the gaps lovecraft he didn't give you much to work with no so it's kind of not fair to compare the two um (laughs) overall though like this is not a movie you if you're going to a movie for the Story, this isn't it. What do you mean? Like, the story's pretty solid, but you're not going to come away with much. Like, this is definitely more of a visual movie than it is more of a story. I disagree. You don't think so? I disagree a whole lot. Like, some of the character development was cool. Like, Mike's character development especially. Dawn of the Dead 1, because there was only four characters, you you were based off... It was a more of a focal point story than than anything with these they actually gave you a little bit more and they kind of gave a little bit more meat to that bone as far as i mean like i don't know like give me a, like i mean you could give me another example of another of something that was like oh no i'm going to this movie for the story but well, it's sort of like you don't go to a friday the 13th movie for the plot no, you go you for go the kills. You go for the kills. You go for the effects. This movie was... It's not that it was light on story, but because there was so much emphasis placed on the visuals, and Zack Snyder has a very specific filming style, which he didn't... Thankfully, he did not uh, exploit in this movie. Like, there was definitely, like, little bitty slow motion things and stuff like that where I still don't... Like, even early on in his career, I was like, this is not the appropriate place to have a slow motion scene, but what you do, you dude. Um, uh, The way that the colors were in the movie, like, when uh, Andre and Luda were uh, were in the... um, Little nursery? The baby store. They Mm -hmm. had the little nursery thing set up. The way that everything was sort of... um, Had, like, a greenish cast to it. Like, they were really playing with color... A lot. Like, this is definitely a movie uh, that is very visually appealing. It almost feels like a giallo, like the old Italian movies where they 
put really heavy emphasis on the brightness of the reds and the brightness of the greens, and it sort of had that vibe to it a little well, bit. Oh, yeah. Um, it was very, like, even they even went so far as to taking those shuttle buses, and, like, they put the snowplow um, uh, blades on the front. Well, Nicole, one of her things was graffiti, and she still graffitied on the front of it. She didn't have to do it, but it was just one of those little visual things that kind of ramped it up a little bit and most zombie movies at least uh modern day zombie movies rely very heavily on a visual um i don't while the story is relatively solid i don't think you're gonna go into it and have any like revelatory experiences and you're not gonna walk out feeling like it's shakespeare but uh and there's you're not given enough time laps with the characters to really get a ton of development like watching Andre kind of come unhinged is cool but it happens very quickly like you don't you don't get to follow that because it was sort of like a subplot thing like if we could have gotten a little bit more of because he kind of went from oh shit my girlfriend's been bitten to very quickly it was just like we get to her death scene between those two things like we don't get to watch him sweat in between the whole thing like it he's he has the realization and then she dies and then that's it or uh we get to see a little bit of the growth with mike because he and anna hit it off and they kind of start falling for each other a little bit we get like there's some a little bit of relationship building which is cool but overall there's not a ton of story and it leans a little bit like it's just very like action and visual heavy but it's a horror movie and it's a zombie movie so I mean I don't know it's not that's not something you go see a zombie movie for no but I mean but in a lot of zombie stories and again you don't come from a zombie background like like so I mean if based off of you know every zombie movie that I've ever come across of it's there's pretty much that's it like you don't like because you only get an hour and some change there's not a whole much of development that you get to see and a lot of the stuff that they did was in that you know fun little montage where you know steve's playing golf on the the roof and banging the blonde chick or uh you know the the gay you know, organ players, you know, trying on high heels and, you know, they're really just taking advantage of the mall and, you know, so it's like they're all like interacting with each other and having fun and actually building. They're not showing, you're not getting everything all in, in that. Like it's, uh, it's different when you have something like the walking dead where you have five, six, seven seasons and more to to play with of course and and to build on all that and it's like so like that first season when you see shane and rick and that whole like that is the most intense story ever because we thought you were dead and i slept with your wife oops we're gonna have a kid like how how intense is that and then the whole thing of like shane like no you're supposed to be dead i'm gonna kill you and then then your son ends up killing him. And it's like, it, it, it's a very crazy story, but you had 
almost eight, eight, eight episodes still, to, yeah, but you can to still, do that in. But you can still do that over the course of like a 90 minute or two hour movie. Like you can have some things like that. Like Jaws is an example of that. But you have to, but you have, but even with Jaws, it was, it didn't, like, I mean, as, that's my favorite movie, but still, you had, like, Chief Brody, there was, like, he was just going nuts, he was just like, he looked like any other man that had a hard job, like, a really hard job, like, he just looked beaten and stressed, and, like, but everything else after that, because he was just along for the ride to make sure that the job was being done, Quint and Hooper were the ones that were actually doing the job. I don't and, know, man. And, like, I still... And the, the, the character development was more with Hooper and Quint, that, their whole last half of the movie. Like, Brody was just there. Well, Brody was kind of our avatar. Exactly. But, I mean, I still stand by my statement with Dawn of the Dead. And it's like, you go for the visuals and you go because the kills are cool and stuff like that, but you're not getting... There's not a just just there's not a whole lot of like meaty goodness I'm, there in the story. I'm just saying that there's not. That's yes. You go for to a zombie movie to see zombies. Like that is that is your main goal. But if you don't have if you just go just to go see zombies, then yeah, you're probably going to be a little disappointed with it because yeah, you you do have to have some type of character development, and that and they did give that. Granted, there were fifteen people that they had to deal but with. But I also, I also stand by it because they hit all of the typical horror like tropes with a lot of the characters. It's like you had the dumb, the dumb girl. You had the young kid. You had it, the only thing that was missing was really was the stoner, and you could theoretically put, put Bart, the security guard, in that stoner. Role. Yeah, he would have. Um, but that's the only thing is it's sort of like you you hit a lot of the same like the typical horror movie beats, but it looks good. And it's entertaining, and it's fun. Like, as bleak and as dark as it is, it's still fun to watch, because there's a lot happening. Like, he constantly keeps... Uh, Snyder constantly keeps the action going. So you're not... You should not be bored watching yeah. this movie, which is key. Because um, most zombie movies bore the shit out of me, and this one didn't. So, coming from somebody who's not a zombie aficionado, that's high praise. Um, skull rating. How many out of five, sir? Um... This one is a good... For me, it's a four. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I mean, I would say that, you know, even though you don't think it's got a good story... <laughs> I'm not saying you it's know, not a, necessarily a good story. It's just not a meaty one. There's not a lot not, on there. Oh, it's not a brontosaurus steak burger? Nope. You can Flintstone your happy ass right out of here. Oh, I better Flintstone my app. Like, I'm... I would love I'm a not even sure what I'm burger. talking about anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, remember the big... I know, dunk? I know. Okay. Um, but no, I mean, like, so, for me, the story, it held up and, and served its purpose. Um, yeah, you're not going to get some Shakespearean, Oscar-winning story out of it, but it served its purpose yeah. for a zombie movie. Yeah. Um, and, I, like you said, too, the visuals... Fantastic, stellar. I mean, I think uh, the Walking Dead actually may have taken some, you know, nods and, and direction to that because they had like it was it kind of carried over and did the same, uh, same effect. Like I mean, uh, 
Greg Nicotero, like, I mean, he just... The t- zombies look very similar. Like, I think they that K&B took some of that look. I, I think so. And, I mean... And put and, it in uh, The Walking Dead. Yeah, but uh, with Greg Nicotero, I mean, he's... I mean, he's buddies with, uh, you know... He's Tom, Tom anyway, Savini. So. Yeah, he, and he's... He's fantastic, but uh, and so what he did in special effects was awesome. But I think they did take uh, some nods from this Dawn of the Dead, um, as far as looks go. And then with the running zombies, I'm all in for running zombie just because it is more intense. It's harder to make that funny too. Yeah, you can't uh, make a run. You, running zombie is almost guaranteed to be scary. A, yeah. a shuffling zombie. That's gonna be hitting. As as far as survival goes, running zombies are gonna be so much harder to get around, and you can't. It's like to the, the panic button. You're hitting, wait, wait. you're mashing that you're mashing that thing down. Um, I'm. I'm gonna rate it just, just a little under yours. I'm gonna give it like three and a half out of because of the. Story. Well, no, I mean, I. The, it wasn't a good story. I. Sorry, I like making fun of you. You're just, you're just the worst kind of person. Uh, that no, likes a good story. It's true. I like. It, I'm giving it three and a half out of five because I think that James Gunn and Zack Snyder, even early on in their careers, still put out something that was fantastic. It was entertaining. It was cool to look at. It was tense. Like, that was a tension-building exercise. Like, it, even, like, one, th- one step further than what Salem's Lot was doing, what we covered la- uh, last week. And, like, uh, I d- especially the end of the movie that lasts, like, 20 minutes or so, like, I was... It was a nail-biter for a lot of what was going on, especially because it's not new to me, but, again, I hadn't seen it in so long that it might as well have been. And, um... It's fun. Like, it's just not a movie. You can't take it seriously. It's still an of the dead movie. It's a zombie movie. Exactly. So, as long as you're not going in there thinking, you know, it's going to be this, like, 18-year-old scotch version of a horror movie, like, you're going to really have a good time with it. Yeah. So, it's, it's, it's a great way to spend an hour and a half of your life just, and it's a popcorn flick. Yep. So... You gave it a four, I gave it a three and a half. It's pretty close. The yeah. only, you know, it's just, uh, I just don't like the dumb bitch trope. So that's why I docked off half a skull. Stupid people bother me. And they relied very heavily on the stupid. <laughs> Otherwise, it's great. Don't be, don't be mad. You mad? I'm just trying not to argue. Stop arguing. Yeah. Because, no, because they didn't rely on the dumb bitch thing. There was a couple of dumb bitch moments, but they didn't rely on the dumb bitch at all. There was a lot of stupid happening in that movie, Craig. There was so much stupid. It wasn't that much stupid. There was a lot of stupid decision making. No, there was, there was like one or two maybe things that were, there was like, there was a couple of lazy things with the guy. Okay, okay. How about the one thing where Steve was supposed to open up the door when they were coming back through the, um... Uh-huh. Uh, like from the sewer and he he wasn't there and it had to be Anna that opened it up that that was Steve was it a dumb bitch thing yeah he was a dumb bitch okay so that's, only, that's equal opportunity blanketing that's what I'm saying is is I don't like I don't like when you throw women under the bus because you hate women I excuse you I it's just like fun it was just fun you're to say. just saying it I, it made me feel big I'm sorry 
but no, <laughs> but no, but just like, just it's yeah, equal opportunity for stupid people. Yeah, no, dumb bitch. Stupid move. people have just about <laughs> dumb bitches have no gender. There you go. Dumb yeah. bitches is dumb bitches. Dumbs don't see genders. It's true. They just yeah. they dumbs. But no, but I mean, yeah, it's a zombie movie, and stupid things are gonna happen along with even like when it's a a, a smart idea. It's a dumb idea. Like, it, it, the, the thing with the dog. They're like, oh, that was a really cool idea. And then all of a sudden, he left the door open. Dumb idea. Like, it, like it just... Well, sometimes smart ideas just don't work out. It doesn't necessarily mean it was a dumb idea. It just means it didn't pan out the way you well, thought it Well, when it, you're taking your life in your hands, like, he should have been, like, dog in, and shut the door. He just, boom, dog in. One, two, three. Oh, zombie, oh, no. <laughs> and he's dead. Right. Alright guys, so uh, that wraps up our Dawn of the Dead 2004 episode. Uh, go check it out. It's not a bad way to spend an evening. Oh, no. It's a it's a four-star rating, and it has a great story, <laughs> and great kills, and it's visually uh, astounding, and even if you're a fanboy, I mean, it, there's been enough time that it's like, just enjoy it for what it is, and go back and watch the originals and compare the two, because... It's pretty rough compared they're, to the two, but yeah, but it, they they're they're both enjoyable for their own different exactly. reasons. Exactly, and th- so step outside and just and if enjoy the breeze. And if you're a remake snob and you just immediately shit on all remakes, you probably should pull your head out of your ass because there's yeah. a lot of good stuff and stuff like this. So you can catch us on our uh, well, as far as the podcast goes, like, share, comment, etc. Give us ratings and those sorts of things that helps uh, move us along and put us out in the atmosphere. Find us on Facebook at the creep at Creepin' It Real Horrorcast. Um, you can find us uh, just there for now. We're slowly building our audience. You can get us on your favorite podcatcher, uh, except for iTunes. We're not there quite yet. Uh, still waiting on that approval. Apple, TikTok, TikTok, yeah, TikTok, TikTok. Um, you figure they'd just be really quick. Yeah. But yeah, no, but Spotify, Google Play, uh, or Google Podcasts, yep. that's going to be... And then there's like a half a dozen other smaller podcasters yeah. out there. Um, we've got more stuff in the works coming, and we will get that news to you guys uh, as it trickles down through our brains and out of our mouths. Um, but until then, I hope you've enjoyed our look back on the... 2004 Dawn of the Dead remake. I've been Meg. I've been Lunchbox. And we will catch you guys next week. Bye.